Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Flats and Shanks pod. I'm actually becoming the introducer now, aren't I? Master of well, Ceremonies. Yeah you, yeah, you are, yeah. The, the ringmaster. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, an, old, an old, old name I used to go by. The egomaniac. You're an egomaniac. You're a Mike Hogg. Uh, just before we came online, I said, this is going to have to be a rugby one. And you winced. Bit your bottom well, lip you and said, You yeah. said, let's do a bit more. Let's do a bit more. You said, we've got to do a bit more. And I think you're you're probably you're a lot of you're things. You're bang on. You're bang you're on right. Is what yeah. you're going to say. Now I'm going to start this on um, on a negative standard. Um, yeah. Well, not standard for you, not for me. We obviously had quite a lot of reviews after my last plea, and I sort of feel like Frankenstein. Is that why we're doing more rugby? Because you've read them all, and they say not enough rugby. I feel like Frankenstein. I feel like I've created a monster. <laughs> There's a couple of nice ones. I'm going to try and find it now. It had, um, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. How can I find the reviews? Oh, here we are. Well, I don't know. I've never here looked. we are. There's quite a few good ones. Um, yep. the, yeah. well, how I would describe this when I'm looking at it is like you're out on the town and you've ignored your missus and all of a sudden then you get an essay through that you're trying to read 10 points deep. At best, naively. At worst, arrogantly. Two men have decided that, given their growing, well-deserved media presence, they are now interested enough to chat harmlessly enough between each other whilst expecting the listener to be entertained. Secretly, I think they know they're absolutely not, but now make it look like they're aware of it, having retrospectively dressed it up as the main virtue of the show. It's a very difficult read, this, so you'll have to excuse me. Why um, are you reading it? I don't understand why you're reading it. Because we read the praised ones last week, so well, we have to did. give it context. Oh, yeah. okay. um, sometimes David Flatman appears painfully aware of it and seemingly reluctant to be involved at all. They confuse entertainment with their fields of interest, namely TV food, family, stories, where you need to be there, cars and rugby. 
I like these things too. Unfortunately, they just don't have the skill to make the first five interesting or entertaining, and the sixth barely features rugby. It's then you realise they're ex-rugby players, now pundits, um, who don't like to veer too far away from their main interest. You could get this down the pub, but you also might find yourself looking around for a different conversation. It's a real shame. I've listened since the first ep, and Jet. I don't know why you put ep when you spell every other single word full. And generally, like them both, but their friendship, shared past, and chat doesn't stretch to a weekly upload. And that is Joe Struthers. Don't name I him. I used to like this. Well, it's it's there, mate. It's clear. <laughs> it's it's on our review page. <laughs> now, no, fair enough, mate. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, mate. Not for everybody. Fair enough. Um, now we everyone. did this. I did this. We we asked for a plea just for a little bit of a confidence boost, and that's that's taking me right back down now. That's like reading. <laughs> That's like reading Twitter after you've done a game online. A big game as well. Yeah, you mustn't do that. And you've messed up someone's you must, name. You, mu- you mustn't do that. Um, you mustn't ever look... Because the thing is, when you... I like, I reckon... Well, if there's a hundred of us, which there isn't, say there's 50 of us who do games, I reckon 48 of us go on Twitter within 30 minutes of the final whistle to see what people have said. And it's really hard not to because people are talking about you. And if people are talking about you in a room and you know they are, you would rather have ears on the conversation than not. That's almost everybody I expect. But actually what happens is you there will always be like there will always be uh okay, there was oh what happened the other week? Um oh there was an article in the pay a paper, a newspaper, I don't know what paper it was, but it was about Sir Clive Woodward stepping down from TV work, right? So he's not doing the Six Nations and not doing it anymore. So that was in the paper and then in the comments section, obviously underneath, I just get this screenshot from my mate from school who thinks he's funny. And in the screenshot, uh, it's just like um, someone says something like, just can we have more David Flatman, please? No, no more of him. Um, he's nowhere near as good as he, as funny as he thinks he is or something like that. Correct. So my mate then, my, yeah, correct. Then my mate then sends, he, so I said, like, what's this? He goes, don't worry. There were hundreds of nice ones. And it's like, but this is the, this is my favorite. <laughs> so it's kind of like, if you go looking, you will find something unpleasant that someone just in passing has said about you. And it's kind of I don't see why I don't see why you go looking when you know it's there. Well, I do, it's part of the human condition somehow, but you I don't see why you go looking. I don't care, Dave. You know that. Not at all. I just I thought felt bad that we gave ourselves a bit of praise last week. So I just wanted to bring us back down to Terra Firma. To sort yeah. of say, look, we're not perfect. Near enough. But... Joe from Luton thinks you're crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like there is, uh, there's a, a back still... row plays for Bath. I won't say his name because it's not fair because it's just, he's just one of the players and 
my neighbour walked past the other day and said, Cor, he was good, wasn't he, against Toulouse? And I said he was. I thought he was really good, actually. And what this neighbour doesn't know is that about three months ago or six months ago, we were chatting down the road and we. I, he said, who's starting in this position? And I said his name. And he goes, oh, God, I just do not see it. I watched every, I watched. I watch all the games, which every game he's played, he just does nothing. He does absolutely nothing. And you're like, that is actually sort of Twitter, isn't it? He's allowed to think that. I mean, we we think that about people we watch all the time, good and bad. You don't, you know, we verbalise some of it. You don't verbalise all of it because it's not appropriate or it doesn't help or it's not relevant, whatever. But you think, well, whatever you do, like Brad Pitt is an amazing actor. There will be... Many, many, many people who think he's crap doesn't mean he's crap. You know, do you know what I mean? I didn't know you felt so strongly on it. <laughs> I I find it, I find it the... I love it. If yeah. I've got something negative to say on social media or whatever, I don't say it because I think there is literally no point to this. There is literally no point to this. There's no... I had a screen grab the other day. Um, no win. Said, said, what is the point of Tom Shanklin? from some some sort of Facebook <laughs> rugby pod. <laughs> I show what I love. It's like your mates who send you them through. Yeah, it's always your mates that send them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. But it's like you I said to... before, right, I'm going off social media. And it's like, no, no, because your mates will still send you the abuse. They will still screenshot and send it to you. That's what happened. There, there, there was nice, lots of nice reviews, but I just thought I had to read this one. It's the worst one we've had for a while. <laughs> just to give it balance, David, you know, because we don't want to get big yeah. heads. I kind of i I sometimes feel like I should be listening to more. Um, I do listen to podcasts, but I should be listening to more um, sports podcasts because you know so much of what we do is in that world. And why do you want to make just, when there's so many serial killer podcasts out there? Well, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. But I just I just find myself like I I really like all the guys that do them, like Jonesy and Oogs. I really like those guys. At yeah. BBC. Yeah. Do you know what? I listen to them. No. There's a lot. I listen to, I will listen to the Scrum 5 podcast. Um, Nicky Robinson basically makes me just to get the numbers up. But I, yeah. I will listen to them mostly during sort of high peak weekends mm. of sport. So through the Six Nations, through, um, through like, I don't know, local derbies, Welsh derbies. Yeah. Because it does give you, it, it is quite analytical. And it's good, and yeah, it's good for prep as well because you might find some nuggets of information that you haven't found researching yourself. So it is always good. I have found a pretty decent new one though. Um, it was called, and it is called, Real Survival Stories, which I oh, quite right. enjoyed. So we're no longer on sports podcasts here. No, but I've just, I've just before yeah. I forget, I want to yeah. tell you that that's a good one. But yeah, okay. Uh, what sports ones do you listen to? Well, I listen. Well, I listen to the Ruck, the Times podcasts, uh, yep. quite a lot. Got it. Um, Got it right there. Yeah, I listen to that. Um, Alex Lowe and Will Kelleher and Stuart Barnes when he's on it. I, I really like that one. I think it's really good. Um, Al Dimmock's on it quite a lot as well. Just, just bright guys that obviously we know from playing days and all that stuff. But um, and now as sort of fellow media types, I think they. They offer quite interesting perspectives on things and, you know, it was quite interesting listening to what you'd call the mainstream media at, you know, around the time that 
they were being blamed uh, from some quarters for Owen Farrell's, um, you know, for, well, for a portion of Owen Farrell's, um, what would you call it? Um, poor mental health and poor mental well-being. So there was kind of that, that was quite an interesting listen. Um, but I, 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 I listened to that, but otherwise I kind of listened to books. I, you know, I worry, not I worry, I don't worry. Yeah, I do. Like, hmm. I took the kids to took the kids to school this morning, and I've got uh, I couldn't even tell you what it's called the book I'm listening to, but I'm really enjoying it. So I get about four minutes on the way home from school. Mister Tucker, it's bloody Mr. strong. Mister Strong, what's it called? What's it called? Don't know. Um, but yeah, there there is no. I I find I can't imagine a. There are people that we often get messages that we obviously don't read out because it's gross, but where people say I've listened since day one and we meet, you probably meet people a lot of the time everywhere you go. I meet people a lot of places I go. Who've yes. They always go, they always one. go, where's Shanks? Like where, I am yeah. Shanks. I am Shanks. Where's flat? Where's flat? Where's bin line? No, you missed it. Yeah. But it's all good fun. Everyone's lovely. Like, you know, and those gags are not original, but that's why they're funny because they're exactly what you expect to come and they come. So it's great. And people are lovely, but I can't imagine you know, I don't think I have the capacity to listen to every episode of one podcast for year after year. I just don't have that. I told you I listened to a couple of Joe Rogan podcasts and I found a couple of them really interesting and funny and the MMA ones, the UFC ones I found interesting. And then like, the, it goes off in some directions where I kind of think, I don't know if I'm as comfortable with that as I was with the last pod where you were just talking about leg kicks, you know? Um, does, does anyone ever... Call you Shanks. Yeah, all the time. Oh, good. Because people reading, say, "Oh, you and Flat." They say to me, "Oh, you and Flat." <laughs> I was reading a running order yeah. that Gary Jenkins had created yeah. the other day. Uh, what game was it? I think it was it, w- it was Cardiff Quins, and in the running order, he had put um, Sarah chat with Flats. And it, yeah, uh, I it was me. It, 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 no, it was me. You yeah, me. and he does, and he does know the difference. Um, I do you know what these weekends? Like, I was at I was at Sarri's on for the Leon game on Saturday night, the late one, and mm. the just the the number of games when you're at home and you're a punter. Quite rightly, you just sit there and the game starts and you watch it. But the number of games and the number of boxes they've got to tick, and you know the the detail they've got to get into to get all these shows live, all these games live, cheapest. It is. It's, yeah, it's hard. It, it's, it's nuts. Like you, it's hard you, just you, to you leave home and there's a game on and there's three more games on before you start your game. And there's another game after yours. And you're like, how are they doing this? I know because if you're doing two games or, or I don't know, three games over the weekend, it's so hard to retain all that information about, mm. you know, six different teams. So when you're writing running orders and you're producing the show, it is just as hard to, to retain information like i can probably retain enough for two games like after that it's gone i have to relook at notes um sort of switch yourself off because mm. so much information it's, it it can actually get really confusing and like we a game ends we're at the saris game and a game yeah. elsewhere ends i mean i've forgotten what game now um, yeah. but a game ends elsewhere and it's like Three minutes after it ends, we're getting updates on our game-specific WhatsApp group about the permutations of that result on our result. And I'm like, this is from the guy who's writing all the running orders and running the show. You're like, 
mate, this guy has got like an unbelievable brain capacity for data. Like, he's, you know he's not good just a that? stats guy. It's like, wow, amazing. Martin Gillenham is always good for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, he is. Like, he um, he upskilled me on the weekend because yeah. the Challenge Cup game, Dragons versus Sharks, and I actually forgot that the two best teams in third place also get a home draw in the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Uh, now you know. Which I totally forgot about. Do the and teams that drop down from champions to challenge automatically have home game? Um, we'll, we'll ask Martin. Um, but okay. I, <laughs> I knew, I knew he knew what he's talking about because when someone says, I'm happy to be challenged, they know they're right. Yeah. And yeah. he started off the conversation with that. I was like, oh, well yeah. done. We, we should yeah, talk. He knows, he knows his onions. On Owen Farrell, because that's the big news that's come out. Yeah. It was breakfast. It was yeah. released yesterday. Well, and Lewis Reese Summit. We haven't done that yet. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What do, you, what do you think of Lewis Rezam at first? Go on then. I think it's great. I think it's Me too. great. Me too. Um, I, I, I want him to go and get a $100 million contract. Like I, I think it's amazing. And I I'm I like the NFL, but I'm by no means a proper fan or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not knowledgeable in any way, but I've kind of read about these attempted conversions and um, sort of preseason assessment camps kind of thing. I've, I've read about them a few times before and, I've been reading a little bit about them this time, and it's it's quite interesting um, when you, in terms of like raw genetics and the attributes he's got, you think, well, it could really work. But actually, um, somebody, I don't know who was, I can't remember, was writing about, well, there are certain positions where it's kind of genetics. It's kind of what have you got physically? And there are other positions which are skill positions. And the skill positions, in those positions, you are competing against guys who, in a, the majority of cases have been doing this since they were children. So it's going to be far more natural, you know, far, far more natural and, and sort of a default skill and default movements for them. And then you've got 
the running patterns I'm sure he can do because he's an amazing athlete. But it's, yes, it's a different ball, but it's the fact that he's wearing loads of kit and catching in a helmet and wearing a helmet with a face grid on it and the face guard on it and all that sort of stuff. So I, you know, from everything I read and it, it, it appears very unlikely that he will, in inverted commas, make it, which means very unlikely that he will play a number of seasons in the NFL as a, as a you know, an actual, an active player. But... I really, really, really hope he does. And I hope he defies the odds and goes over there and kills it. And if he doesn't, he could be back in time, definitely for the next World Cup, potentially in time for a Lions tour. So why not have a crack? Chase your dreams, mate. He's yeah. 22. What do you think? He's coming up to 23 years old. Time is on his side. He's young. Um, his father played uh, American football, I think for a British team. Uh, his father's actually a really good looking bloke as well. And mm. so you can see where he gets good to know. So good yeah, detail. I blame I blame Graham Flatman, mate, Jim yep. Shanklin. Yeah, wow, we turned out. Yeah. Uh, and if it doesn't work, if he's over there for a year or two, then he's got so much youth on his side that clubs will be queuing up to pick him up. And it's it's a great experience, and it's something they can look back when he's retired to think, yeah, you know, I I went over there like Robbie Williams, like take that. I try to break America. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe he turns into like a a celebrity out there. Yeah, <laughs> did it. The Beatles did it. Maybe, maybe other th- opportunities arise. Maybe he becomes a, a bit of a celeb because he's going to be quite ho- mm. high profile coming over. He's the biggest. Well, Christian Wade was a big star, but like Lewis Rezamit is another level, in my opinion. Well, not it's not just your opinion. He's a he's a. A lion. He's so a starting Wade. international player and a lion. So yep. he is literally on another level, yeah. Yeah. So and I hope it goes I hope it goes well for him. But you're right, it is a really highly skillful game. Yeah. Um it's where they it's where they pick him, where they where they decide to to play him, which is gonna be difficult. But I think it's brilliant, mate. I'm I'm so happy for him that he's he's taken a risk and thought, you know what, I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna try and crack it. I'm gonna try and make it, and if I don't, then I'll come back and carry on as I as I have. So, all for it, mate. All for it. Yeah, it's a shame. I'm gutted though that we're losing him, especially in a big tournament that's coming up now for the Six Nations, because I think we would have seen him uh, be a starting fifteen, which would have enabled us to get more ball in Lewis Samit's hands maybe play more of a, a counter-attack game, more of a running game at 15, less kicking, less pragmatic, which I think was mm. all is all good for Wales. And now we're we're searching for another 15 for the Six Nations now. And who's going to play there? Might be Johan Lloyd, might be Josh Adams, might be Johan yeah, Lloyd at 15. Not sure how fit he is, mate. I think he's going to miss the first two games. He busted uh, his jaw against Quinns. So, I yeah, he looks good. He looks good. Um, so then yeah. Owen Farrell, leave him. Yeah. Mental Two health reasons. Can't play well, for England. He can't play for England. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Two-year deal. Um, S- sabbatical, really. No, like I, a lot of players I think do. it's, yeah, get away. I mean, it's not like he's going for a rest. He's going, it'll be harder there than it is here. Because there's more games. It's just Kiwi more players games. do that. Kiwi players do that. They, they leave New Zealand for yeah. a couple of years. Come back. Not, some do go to Japan, some go to France, but they're still taking two years out of playing international rugby. So he's gone for two years. Um, so 
I, I think I'm right in saying I'm uh it's if you know I'm here to be challenged. What's the what's what does Gillo say? Yeah, yeah. Here to be challenged. Um uh that he can still play for the Lions and obviously Andy Farrell being the head coach. Um so he could still play for the Lions even though he plays for Racing and he could be back in time for another World Cup if he fancied a tilt at that. But good for him. I mean he's he's it's not like he's stepping down in profile and visibility, but he is in UK terms and he feels uncomfortable in the UK now. And he's made that very clear. So, or at least the statements we've read have made that very clear. So good on him. And I'm sure he's getting well looked after. I'm sure he'll have a great time surrounded by brilliant players. And actually he could be a brilliant signing for them because this whole French flair thing, I think they, at Racing in particular, have a lot of players who can do amazing things. And actually, Owen might add a bit of structure um, to that. He's got an excellent kicking game, kicked a lot of points. He's actually got a brilliant attacking, really wide range of passes. Sam gone again. Sam gone again. I, I know, literally just, don't know why. I mean, I haven't yeah, done anything. It's, it's just going to be the internet connection we got, that's all. Oh, right. Um, so I think his kicking points, his passing game, um, his short kicking game, and his defensive solidity could be exactly what Racing need uh, to take them up a notch. Already a good team, but take them up a notch, I think. So you couldn't exactly call signing Owen Farrell a canny piece of recruitment. He is an established international player, and they will have paid the odds and got a really good player. But actually, I think he is very likely a very good signing for Racing because they've got a lot of players that do amazing things. But actually, Owen perhaps offer a bit more shape, a bit more structure. His part of the game is fantastic. Kicks a lot of points. Defensive solidity. He's not really a 10 that you target. Um, you tend to go inside or outside him um, if you're targeting players. So I think really, really good signing for Racing. I hope he's brilliant for them. hope he has a great time and all that. So And, it, and actually, things aren't brilliant at Saris. They really, they really kicked into gear. And we'll talk about this in a second, the second half against Leon the other night. But actually, they have looked a little ragged uh, for a couple of weeks. So... Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Mark McCall's talked about it being the end of an era and it does have that feeling about it. What do you make of it? I think it's great. I think mentally it'll freshen them up massively. Often as England players and an England captain especially, you're under a lot of pressure. If the team doesn't perform because of uh, how much budget England have, the teams they've got, the richest union, all of this comes into effect and People are constantly looking for a reason why England don't perform. You know, you look at them, and you said it before, that they probably should win every single tournament with the resources they've got and the funding they've got. But rugby isn't as simple as that at all. Uh, and he takes... He's, he's at the front of that, a lot of it, with the head coach. So I can honestly see why he would have wanted to leave. He's done many, many years in England. You know, people like him or don't like him he's a bit marmite for me he's brilliant i love watching him play um and he's a type of player that you'd want to play with in your team there has been some issues with him um i, I don't know discipline wise and there has been red cards and there has been tackles and people jump on on the back of that and he gets so much so much stick for it uh i can i can really see why he wants to leave and imagine just waking up in paris and just thinking right I don't have to deal with all of that anymore. Mm. I can I can mm. have two years stress free, apart from obviously having to perform for your club, but not being international captain, not having that pressure and all that stress that comes with that. So, 
I think it's great. I think it'd prolong his career. And you're right, you know, he's still eligible for the Lions. He'll be in the Lions if he wants to. Because you need someone like that. You know, there's you need a winner. You need someone who plays I don't know, prag he's not pragmatic, but he's he's structured in the way he wants to play. And you need that because you can't all all be like Finn Russell's. You need yeah. that yin and yang and he's a massive part of that. So Yep, good good on him, mate. He's done his yards. He's done his hard yards at England. He's done his time there. Why not go out and have two years away from international rugby and live a bit more of a stress-free life? So who'd you start at 10 for England? George Ford, Marcus Smith or Finn Smith? Uh, um, one of the Smiths, yeah. George, Marcus Smith, you'd start with you or Finn Smith? No, Marcus Smith. Marcus Smith? Yeah. Who'd you have at centre? Ollie Lawrence um, at 13. At, at, at 13? Yep. And maybe, maybe Henry Slade at 12. That way round? Mm. You don't want the big lad at 12? I think he's much more of a better... He's a better strike runner than Slade. Slade... A Rolls Royce. Slade reminds me of Guskett now, nah, but he's also a playmaker as well. I just think Lawrence is the form thirteen at the moment. Why would you want to take that away from him and put him at twelve where there's less room? He'll end up being a, a crash ball merchant, giving him gain line, which he can do, but he's so much better with a bit more space and a bit more time. I don't know if you saw him crashing if you saw the Toulouse Bath game at the weekend, but Ollie Lawrence coming off the back of those lineups, flat ball off nine, brutal. Yep. One of them he just scored from. He just went straight through and scored, but just brutal coming off that line. And I suppose if he's at 13, he can still do that off first phase. You can Easy. put him where you want him. Yeah. Easy. But I just think he's playing that well, Flats, at 13. Why would you want to mess around and move him inside a little bit? I tell you what, one player who I'm always surprised uh, isn't talked about more as. Um, an, op an option at 12 for England is Fraser Dingwall. Just such a good player, does such nice things. Whoever's playing at 13 for Saints, Rory Hutchinson or Tommy Freeman, he does such nice things all the time. And as you know, one of the Saints guys said to me, he's not the biggest, he's not the quickest, he's not the strongest, but he might be the best. And it's actually, he's a fantastic player. And you think, well, Ollie Lawrence rightly and Henry Slade grabbed the headlines. Freeman grabbed the headlines. But actually, it's not just, you know, let's get someone solid in there. It's actually, no, this guy's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's just not a giant. And it's a bit like Rory Hutchinson. You know, I watch Rory Hutchinson every week. Scotland have some great options. I know that. But I watch and Rory Redpath. Hutchinson every week. And Red, Redpath, yeah. Mm. But I watch Hutchinson every week. And he is just fantastic. He is mesmerizing sometimes on the ball. But he doesn't seem quite to get the attention that you know, someone who's six four and 17 stone might get if they were doing the same thing. And that's natural because you, you literally see more of them, I guess. But it's uh, a good big and speak, good Litlands and all that stuff. But I think Fraser Dingwall might have more of a shout than people think. A lot of people talk about Dan Kelly at Leicester Tigers. X, another really good option. I just think Dingwall offers more than, you know, more than perhaps, you know, I think he merits more coverage than he gets is, is my point. Um, but yeah, I think the, the the obvious two people at the moment, the front runners in the moment to put in the England midfield would be Slade and Lawrence. But it's mm. which way round you put them. And 
would I be right? You're a centre, so I'll ask you this. Would I be right in thinking you can you can worry too much about play about who's playing inside and outside, or do you kind of have to nail your colours to the mast pre-match? Um yeah. and you kind of have to be where you are. It's not like saying, well, a prop's a prop, and whoever gets their first goes far side, like in when you're under tens. Do you kind of have to be a 12 or a 13 most of the time? Yeah, you don't want to be swapping around too much. It unsettles you a little bit. You, you, I, th- I think teams can play left and right and you can change um, sort of backline moves accordingly, but you either play 12 or you play 13. And I think Slade is is more of a creator than Lawrence, more of a ball player. So for me, he slots in okay at 12. And I'd say Ollie Lawrence is, is your strike runner. And some strike runners are a little bit better further out. You know, like you wouldn't put Esther Hazen as a strike runner at 13. You put him at 12 because just his carrying ability, he's big, he's tall. He can get over tackles because he, he's tall and get his arms through. Whilst I think Lawrence is more, he, he bursts through tackles. And I, I wouldn't play him at 12. I'd play him at 13 because he's playing that well. Just on your, on your point on 12s as well, Flats, like Cam Redpath. He's a lot like sort of your Fraser Dingwalls types yeah. of player. Like, it just makes good decisions. Watched him a couple of times this season so far in Bath European games and just low error count, constantly in the game, constantly got his hands on the ball, not selfish because you've got a selfish 12 who just wants to carry all the time. You, you don't often get the ball out of the back. He knows where the space is, he's intelligent and. He's just as important, I think, to Bar. Are you saying you never got the ball Lawrence. when you played with Jamie Roberts? Why are you saying that? You're so out of order. <laughs> <laughs> Someone spray painted crowbar on the front of his house. No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> hey, yeah. Um, but no, you get it less though. Is is my point? You know, if you've got a yeah. twelve that wants to carry, you know, his first his first thought is to carry. His second thought is to pass. Whilst you get the the sort of new Monday twelve, their first thought is to ship the ball wide with the link yeah i just feel like that so many of the top teams it's not all about size but so many of the top teams have somebody really powerful at 12 who can do can get through and around and over tackles and but if you get the boys that can do it all brilliant you know if you get the boys that are powerful and can link then it'll cost you 400 bags but yeah but like a jonathan dante is arguably more powerful than Ollie Lawrence or close to it. He's better over the ball defensively, so he's handy to have tight in, but he also gets the ball away nicely and distributes well for a man of that size and power. And Dear Landy, Esther Hazen, Geordie Barrett, a lot of these top teams, you know, Bundiaki is a physical, yeah. he's a massive physical presence at 12, and he's so much more than a crash ball merchant. He runs good lines, but the clever lines, but at the, the same time, you just think, these top teams, when England play Ireland and France the last two weekends of the Six Nations, I think I'm right in saying that. And, you know, you're going to play potentially Bundiaki and Jonathan Dante at 12. Henry Slade is hard as they come. I know he's very pretty, but he's also yeah. very, very hard. A tough, tough as nails. And But there is just a difference in power there. You know, there is a difference. So I wonder if you're not, if you wouldn't, if you're Steve Borthwick, if you don't just stick the big one in front of the big ones at 12. Maybe. Um, you mentioned it there about just being good at the breakdown as well. I think the good 12s and 13s, the good centres, like the world-class centres and the world-class front row, 
are all good over the ball. You can't rely just on your back row now to slow ball down, to turn ball over. You can't just rely on your, your seven and your six. You, ha you have to be big in the centre. You have to be able to affect breakdowns in the centre, slow ball down. You don't often see too many doing it. I watch a lot of rugby and you need to be good in that area. Um, you look at the, the international front row now, and that's why they play international rugby because obviously they're, they're good at the basics of scrummaging, carrying, but they're so good at the breakdown. Mm. And a lot of club teams don't have that. And that's why these these centres, these front row, aren't playing international rugby a lot of them because they haven't got the all-round game like a, a Bundiaki or a Dante would have where they do everything as well as turn ball over. Hey, by the yeah. way, watching watching Glasgow this weekend, Tua Paluto and Hugh Jones in the midfield were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and they, they, they haven't started all brilliant. season either. Um, Stafford McDowell's had to uh, has played a lot of centre, so He's Hugh Jones well. had to play on the wing. Yeah, yeah. but the, I think those that combination does work the best. Really good, and again, it a bit with with Tua Paluto, you think. Because you look at him and he's stocky and he's he's short and he's got massive legs. You think well, he's a crash ball. Well, he does have a lot of power, but geez, he makes good decisions at the line. His his split second, his short kicking game is fantastic. His awareness, spatial awareness, is brilliant. And he's got Hugh Jones, who is a you know is a big, powerful athlete who runs really clever lines. And he's they look like they're at the point where Hugh Jones runs at a space and he's just really confident that his mate will get the ball there. And that's when opposition yep. are in trouble, isn't it? Yeah, he's one of the best, mate. He's up there with Bundiaki in terms of um, decision-making, taking the ball to a line. He's a quality player. Really like watching him play. And you add Finn Russell to that mix for Scotland. That's hard work. It is hard work. That's Wales' first game. The Welsh squad was announced, Flats. Um, yeah. No real surprises because there's so many injuries. Well, the new, the new Alan Wynne-Jones is captain. Yeah. Yeah. Dav Jenkins. Um, there was probably a few question marks over tight heads that have come into the squad. Um, a couple of new caps as well, like Alex Mann has been included, as has Mackenzie Martin, who looks really good at number eight. He looks uh, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, rough I and ready, this, like him. I Yeah, but big and young yeah. and big and ready. And you don't yeah. often get that. It takes a bit of time, doesn't it, for, for some players to... I had to bulk up that he's come and he's at a weight where he could do some damage and he's young. Can win it in as well, but as we mentioned earlier on, he's hurt his jaw. Uh, it's just who they play at 10, who they play at 15, I think is the big question. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Johan Lloyd fan, but that is primarily because I watched him so much playing for Bristol and watched the damage he could do in in different positions, but didn't watch him much at 10. He played a bit, but it was more, I mean, Callum Sheedy was very, very much the first choice 10 when you and Lloyd was at Bristol for those years. But actually, further out, he was really, really dangerous. But of course, you've got to run a game at 10, very different skill set. So yeah, you'd know Sam, more about having watched him do that. Yep. He's done okay. He's been, I think he's been the shining light for the Scarlets. And they've had a terrible season so far. He's been one of their best players. Sam Costello uh, has only played one game. Mm. Um, went off with a, I think it's one, maybe two. Went off with an HIA, didn't play last weekend or this weekend mm. um, and there's a bye week now so he would have played hardly any rugby prior to Scotland uh, so I just I'm not sure what 
Wales going to do? I thought they may have added in Owen Williams at 10 because he would be sort of your typical 10 of how Gatlin likes to set up a team. Mm. Probably not as a not as an attacking threat as Costello and Johan Lloyd, but more of the damn bigger mould. Um, what do you make of Archie Griffin prop? Well, yeah, interesting one that because it, the Azarati, well, Kieran Azarati, Leon Brown, and Archie Griffin, isn't it? They're the three yep. tight heads for Wales. Azarati, we know a little bit about. Um, he and I was when we were in Cardiff for Cardiff Bath a few weeks ago. Um, he scrummaged very, very well against uh, Benno Abana, whom I believe they know from age grade. He knows from age grade rugby and all that. But um, he scrummaged really well that day. I. I watched him relatively closely and he had lovely shape. Um, he kept going, didn't lose his shape as he got tired. He, he looked good to me. Um, so he he's an interesting one. Leon Brown is a big specimen. You know, he's kind of bit a big, powerful man, but hasn't quite grown into his scrummaging strength yet. He so did you'd okay imagine against that, Ox and Shea on Sunday. Yeah. He so okay he's, he's, yeah, he's definitely improving. And what, what you, what you tend to find with young with with props is young props that are getting game time is that they are either naturally very strong in the scrum and ignore gym strength that that doesn't matter it's good fun but that doesn't make you any good at scrummaging so ig- ignore that but they're either very good in the scrum or very good around the field and every now and again you find one that can do both from an early age i would say leon brown is learning the scrummaging bit as he goes along but he does have the genetics and evidently judging by his improvement, the mindset. So you'd probably call it a growth mindset these days, but he is improving all the time. And that is a really, really, that sounds obvious, but lots of guys don't really improve. They kind of are what they are. And he is getting better and better as time goes on. So I like the fact he's included. You might see him struggle once or twice in the six nations, but I think that's all right. Um, Because, you know, uh, the example I often use in front row terms is, you know, Kean Healy um, wasn't wasn't uh, an immense scrummager the first couple of years of his career, but he got better and better. He was an amazing player and he became a world-class loose head for years and years and years and you'd still put him against anybody. So, you know, he, he learned quick, uh, but became elite. So there's no reason Brown can't do the same. Archie Griffin is in, you know, at this level is, is very much an unknown. He's a young fella, um, He's a big, he's a big unit. Um, I live in Bath, obviously, and he he plays for Bath, so he, I see him knocking around the place. And he's there's a lot of him uh, for a young bloke. Um, the players talk very highly of him. I've actually seen him in the gym. They sometimes use a sort of a gym in town that I'd go into, and you just I obviously sit in the background as the old man that they don't really want to talk to, and you sort of watch him work. And I don't really care about who's lifting what; doesn't mean anything, but. I saw him work his ass off on a Wednesday afternoon a few times and you think, well, it's good that he's in here grafting. Um, so there is, a, he's again, he's got the body for it. Um, I think I'd be surprised if he got much game time, not because he's not good enough, but because they don't know if he's good enough yet. Mm. He hasn't played that many games for Bath. So good on him. Um, and yeah, I hope he goes well. But really, anyone who claims to know him inside out is, you know, they, they either see him more than I do. Or, uh, or they're making it up because he hasn't played that much yet. But I'm, I'm going to give you he, my team quickly, and then we'll move on please. to England. All right. So I'm going Gareth Thomas, Ryan Elias, Kieran Azarati, front row. My second yeah. rows, um, David Jenkins, 
and yeah. Will Rowlands. My back row, I'm going Tommy Raphael at seven, James Botham six, Aaron Wainwright at eight. Uh, my backs then. So your back row again. I was looking at the squad uh, there. Uh, back row. Tommy Raphael at seven. Yeah. I should have done. Uh, James Botham six. Okay. And Aaron Wainwright at eight. Okay. Uh, my backs, I'm going Tomas Williams, Sam Costello, nine and ten. It's a, it is a bit yeah. of a risk, but yeah, they haven't got many options. Centres, Nick Tompkins and George North. I hope George North is okay. He went off injured. They'll be sweating over him. I'm not sure of his, yeah. his fitness, but I mean, those two performed pretty well in the World Cup. Nick Tompkins was... Again, the find for Wales, even though he's played many times before. Yeah. Probably his, I think it was his best run of games, his best tournament I've seen him play. Um, on the wings, then I'm going Josh Adams and Mason Grady. And at 15, I'm going Johan Lloyd. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There we are. There we have it. England squad. Yeah, I'm right with that, mate. England squad. Um, yeah. Happy? Um not happy who's yeah unlucky? i mean interesting um it is interesting. i mean they're they're i'm gonna make sure yeah, I, just get up just get up on the screen while you fill in now that's what i'm doing get it up on the screen um yeah. in terms of the uncapped guys uh china cunningham south is very very exciting um he's unusual in that well, he's he's handy because he's tall, so you can stick him where you want, and he's a good line-out option, which always ticks a box at this level. So I look at your Welsh back row, and I think he's there quite enough height in it. Maybe you'd be all right, yeah, but it's always handy to have a Courtney Laws at six. Um, Chandler Cunningham South is just... He develops a lot of power, but he's just really, really aggressive, and he hits really hard and carries really hard, and it's, you know... Everyone, everyone out there at pro level is trying their best, but you can. Some people just develop more velocity and momentum into collisions, and he seems to be have real venom in his carry and his hits. And I'm sure, technically, there are bits to round off, there are bits to improve. But as a raw specimen, he's the sort of guy you could put on the field against Italy, and he will break tackles and he will smack people. and And there's a lot to be said for that. He's a young bloke um, hasn't played many games. But steamed his way into the first team at Quinns and played brilliantly when he's in it. Um, so I'm really excited about him. E Ethan Roots is an interesting one, another back mm. row, kind of brought in, a, a, you know, ostensibly to replace Dave Ewers, who went to Ulster. He's been not even quietly fantastic. He's just been really, really excellent. So they kind of, for a time, they, they've always had somebody of very, very high quality running around doing a lot of work. So when Thomas Waldron was there scoring loads of tries and Salvi was nicking ball. You know, you had Don Armand there doing a huge amount of high quality work, almost in that Jerome Kano role. So you don't realise how good he is till he's injured, uh, till he's not there for a week. Then they had Dave Ewers. Now they've got Ethan Roots. Um, he, he's been fantastic. Um, Oscar Beard, you, you've seen play. He's big. He's quick. He's got really good feet. Um, he's confident. So will he get any game time? You'd say probably not, but geez. It, it, an, another another outside back from Quinns that you would say could do a job for England, you yep. know, having not played a huge amount of pro games. Um, and 
Uh, Manny Faye-Waboso is kind of the interesting one because he qualified for Wales as well. Um, uh, so he played for Cardiff Schools indeed. Um, it's under 15s. But he's an interesting one to talk to you about because you obviously played internationals on the wing when you skinned Joe Rocafoco and with yeah with 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 uh Manny Fawaboso what what I've seen is the the ball in hand stuff is just obvious so he breaks tackles that other people don't break um he is very very he's got a he's very light on his feet for someone who's very highly muscled and powerful so he accelerates very quickly his footwork's good he's really aggressive um and that's great and I guess the the question comes around aerial bombardment, defensive positioning on the wing. Would it if if he's that much of a if he's so good at what he does, they're going to kind of in inverted commas ignore slash try and improve as they go the bits that he's not as good at. Then do they then put Slade at thirteen to make it easier for Faye Waboso because uh, they play together at Chiefs? There's an interesting one, but it it might be about let's pick him because of what he can do rather than leave him out because of, you know, what he needs to brush up on. Where do you stand on that? I'm not sure he's going to get selected straight away. He might do so that England tie him up and he can't then play for anyone else, another country for a while. I, I wonder what the communication has been like with him and the Welsh camp because I know England mm. have been in open talks with him about playing for England I think it's more of a risk to play for England, to play international rugby, because you're up against so many more teams and so many more players. You know, if you if you wanted to go down the Welsh route, you know, it just, you know, you've got four teams, you don't have ten teams. You know, so there's less mm-hmm. competition. Um, not sure he's going to start. He's obviously a very good player, uh, and he suits the way Exeter play, but that might not suit the way England want to play. And you can't play the same way you play at a club as you yeah. would play international rugby. I think um, Tommy Freeman has to start on one wing. Yeah. I just think he's been outstanding this season. And I also am a big fan of Elliot Daly. Because you need, I think, I, yeah. I, I just think you need clever people in your team. You can't just be, not robots, but you can't just be two or three dimensional players you have to be four or five yeah you need you need a genius in there somewhere and for me Elliot Daly falls into that category of being able to use different strengths to to make breaks to read the game he's he's very intelligent player so I just don't know if he's going to start straight away but he's certainly exciting and a little bit gutted that he hasn't chosen Wales can see why he's wanted to go to England but it does come at a little bit of a risk if you want to play international rugby for the next 10 years. Yeah, it does. It's a bold choice. Uh, Finn Smith, young fly half, has been really, really good. He was fantastic yep. in the second half at the weekend against Munster. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Tom Roebuck, South Sharks wing. Um, big, big, quick scores tries. So he's the sort of guy that just quietly might end up getting some game time. I agree with you on the two wings. They're the two wingers I would start as well. Freeman and... Elliot Daly, because I think you just got to find room for Elliot Daly somewhere. Um, I do agree with that, but Roebuck might not be that far off. Fraser Dingwall, we've we've mentioned already. Um, and it's an interesting one at, in my old position at Lou said they're they're basically all injured. <laughs> Macavunapola's retired, so he's no longer available. Um Joe Marler did hurt himself a few weeks ago at Twickenham, hurt his arm. 
and he did play the first half against Ulster this weekend. Uh, he did start the game. So I don't know what the injury is. So I'm not pretending I don't have inside knowledge when I do. Um, but I've, I've done my bicep before I've snapped my bicep and that might absolutely not be what he's done. And I hope it's not, but sometimes you snap them, you rupture them and you need surgery. That's it. Um, sometimes you can actually manage it and play on and deal with it. Maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. But basically with these things, you never quite know if it's going to stand up until you play. Do what you want in training. You never know until you're in the thick of it, whether your injury is going to fail or not. And I don't know if he was only ever going to play 40 at the weekend. Maybe he was. Um, so hopefully he's all right. Um, but I, but he, yeah, so he's injured. Um Ellis Genge is, but he's in the squad. We're well, not injured. He's in the squad, so he might be injured, might not. You've got uh, Ellis Genge is currently injured. Didn't play for Bristol at the weekend with a hamstring injury. He he would be your first choice. Marla would be close to first choice, but probably behind for the Italy game behind Ellis Genge. Um, and so you've got Beno Abano is in there now, uh, who's playing really really well for Bath. And I think from you know from looking across the squad. I mean, the three loose heads are Abano, Marla and Genge. And at the moment, it might come about that Abano is the only fit one out of all of them. Um, so Genge hopefully is back fit. But if if neither Genge nor Marla makes it, you'll probably see Finn Baxter, who's the understudy to Marla at Quinn's, come into the squad, I would have thought. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all it's all interesting, depending on perspective. Um, nice fixtures. Nice fixtures as well. Italy away first game which you'd assume England will win. Then you have Wales at home. And yeah. I think I think it's good to play a, a team like Italy. And, you know, I'm not giving, I'm not trying to disrespect them, but they do finish down the bottom. And they're not the strongest of the teams in the Six Nations. They are getting better. But in terms of momentum, I think that's a good start for England. And you could look at it and they could be two from two. It depends on, and I'm saying that because I, I know Wales' squad as well. It's, we're down to the bare minimum. We're, you've gone through a cycle. So I think with Wales, we, we might see a little bit of pain before we see any reward because we, we've gone through a cycle where we've lost a lot of players. We've got a big group of youngsters coming through. And as as we know, it doesn't often happen straight away. You know, it takes a bit of time to get used to international rugby, to get that experience, to get up to speed of, of how physical it is, the pace of it, the time you've got on the ball, everything. So... I only say that with, with Wales in that we might take a couple of years. Just It might be some poor results. But I think we can see that where Welsh rugby is at the moment and the age of the squad and the inexperienced, the inexperienced players that are coming in now. So we've gone through a yeah. cycle. Um, but I think it's good fixtures for England. I mean, the best fixture is is got to be France, Ireland, first game. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that game, actually. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be oh, good. That'd, that'd be um, looking forward to that. Um, drop my England team. Yeah. Before we go, I'm making this up. I haven't thought about it yet. I go. Um, I mean, England don't lose by picking a Barno. He's been in great form, so I thought he was really good against Toulouse at the weekend. So a Barno, Jamie George, new skipper. Congrats to him. Tight head's an interesting one because uh, Dan Cole has actually been starting um, Joe Hayes at Leicester Tigers, but I would actually start Will Stewart, although he is been missing out to Thomas Dutoit a little bit lately in selection, but Will Stewart, I think, has stepped it up a bit since he came back from the World Cup. 
he was good anyway, but he looks more aggressive at set piece. So that's my front row. I'm not going to analyse every position like this. It's too boring. Uh, Oli Chesham and Mara Itoji would be my second row. And I'm going to now make up a back row. Uh, I would have uh, Ben Neil Curry. At, okay. I'd have Ben Curry at seven, purely because uh, Sam Underhill hasn't been playing. Um, I would have um, Ben Earl at number eight because uh, he's been mega and I would have Tom Pearson at number six um, in with a forward slash Chandler Cunningham South because Tom Pearson's only got one cap Cunningham South's got none but I'd start one of those two I've said who I'd start um, it's always tempting to start the fly half Stuart Barnes wrote an interesting article at uh, the weekend uh, about starting fly halves and scrum halves that play together so there's an argument to start care with Smith I still would start Alex Mitchell with Marcus Smith Um I like that idea. I just think I just think leaving Mitchell out is tough at the moment because he played so well for England at the World Cup. Um, although Danny Kerr is just electric at the moment. He was electric again at the weekend. Maestro is still doing it. Um, Hope he gets to high caps. I really do. He will. He will. He will. He will. He's, he's too good not to. And he just never goes away. He'll, he'll, he'll be playing for Queens again next season. I bet You're right. He never goes away. Even like with disappointment, yeah. even being out of squads, just comes yeah. right back in. A bit, a bit yeah. like Reese Carey. Just doesn't go away, but not selected even though he's yep. playing well. Still doing it. I think he'll get to 100 caps. Um, and midfield, I go I go Lawrence 12, Slade 13, Freeman one wing, Daly the other. Um, and at fullback, the, the obvious choice is Freddie Stewart. Okay. And realistically, that is who I would pick if I pick in the team. But George Furbank, I would love to see have a go. Uh, the, the, George Furbank, I love at fullback. I think he's a fantastic player and he would against Italy. Again, you should win. And Steve Borthwick's talked about England needing a different mindset for this tournament. I wonder if they might, they might keep ball in hand a little bit more, kick a bit, a little bit less in, in simple terms and have more of a crack. And I think to that end, George Furbank is the form fullback in the Prem at the moment. You could go, well, yeah, but you could go Elliot Daly at 15 and then you could have Freeman and maybe Roebuck or or another winger. I, I reckon if when when Tom Roebuck gets picked, I reckon he will be really hard to drop mm. if he stays fit because he does do everything really well and he has the added advantage and it is an advantage of being really big or big. He's big, so aerially he's great. You know, you'd you'd rather cross kick to him than Faye Boso, and that's not about talent. That's just about who's taller, <laughs> who's got longer legs and back. It's just handy mm. to be good and big um so i think he, he might end, well end up getting a good few caps but i would start with daly and freeman there you go there we are got it that is a rugby podcast that is a rugby podcast box ticked where are you this box weekend ticked. there's no games what are you doing are you going to a car auction are you saris is premiership this weekend last prem is there last prem yeah i'm at saris on saturday night yeah oh i didn't think there was there's no urc I... games what I like going to Saris, but I was there last Saturday night, so I kind of wanted to go to Bristol Bath, but we can't. We we've got to go and film it at Saris because it's a later kickoff, so it's the right place to be. But um, yeah, it you got to film your highlights at the later kickoff, really, obviously. Uh, but Bristol Bath, I think Bristol Bath might be depending on who Bath pick. That could be a tough day for Bristol. Um, like it to be close, but in terms of form, the last few weeks, I don't know if it will be. No. No. Where were you? What games you cover this weekend before you go? Where were you? Uh, Sarri's Leon. Uh, Sarri's lost all shape. 
Left it late, no shape in the first half, really didn't kick into gear. Second half, way more direct, um, really far more impressive in the second half and ended up winning reasonably comfortably. But um, where were you? Uh, I was at Racing Cardiff. It's a good first half, oh, yeah. but just the yeah. power came through second half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cirque was immense. He was brilliant. Wasn't he great? Yeah. <laughs> he is he not was... a myth. It turns out he's oh, not a myth. <laughs> at all. Um, so was so good. 15. Yeah. Excellent. Geez, they've got some 15s out there, fella. They have. Jeepers, they got some 15s. Jaber were good, 9, 10. But the power yeah. of the pack. Lugarek Lugarek is amazing Nolan Lugarek the nine but he won't start for France they'll start Lukou and uh, Jalibert both play for Bordeaux together won't they you see why yep Yep. but geez the Garrick was good against Bath then I did uh, Dragon Sharks in the Challenge Cup with Francois Lowe on Sunday Mm -hmm. conditions were horrific but always looks good doesn't he Flo always looks good he does he's gutted yeah yeah I know Uh, say every time he turns up yeah it does you Sharks been really disappointing this season though They've had some a real bad start. I think they've only had one win in the URC, which was the Dragons at home. But they looked a lot better. All their stars were back. They brought a big, strong team to Rodney Parade, which was good. So they had World Cup winners. They had Lucanio Am, Mpimpi, um, Ox and Shea. Yeah. And it, it just showed in the second half. They just had yeah. too much quality. But, I mean, what as I said after the game, what are you meant to do? You know, the Dragons... Or the Dragons, the, there's not massive budget. You're up against a team like yep. the Sharks who've got a decent Rock budget, th- three World Cup winners. It's tough. Yeah. Yep. But they did okay. Do you know all the chat about Ox and Che? He's like, I like a bit of cake. He likes cake. I'm sure he does like cake. But Google him. With his top off, he doesn't look like he eats cake. He's got some glutes on him. These guys are immense, man. These guys are immense these days. Jeez. Mm. Like what? Yeah, anyway, uh, that that's enough. Uh, right, well done, Tom. That's a rugby podcast complete. Well done, Dave. Uh, we're going to do one next week. I mean, we're not we're not down to do any Six Nations pods uh, for yeah, ITV this let's year. So, yeah, we'll do it. Should we do it closer to the game day so we can talk about the teams? Good idea, Tommy. All yeah. right. All Goodbye. right, good luck, everyone. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 